constructive, positive attitude or enthusiastic attitude really makes a difference for them. So. Consider your current scope of responsibilities and make sure that you are doing everything you can to make that uh, just very best delivery as possible. Creating this dynamic of parents saying we're not getting what we're paying at the same time, we are investing more and more and more. Welcome to ISS EDU Learn Ask Me Anything with Mike and Dana. Here we'll be exploring how international schools are innovating and transforming education around the world. From the latest trends and insights to stories from teachers and administrators, you'll get the inside look to the global education landscape. So join us as we explore what the future of international education has in store. Get ready to be inspired, challenge the status quo, and embrace a world of possibilities. Welcome to the ISS EDU Learn Ask Me Anything with Mike and Dana, brought to you by ISS EDU Learn. I am Mike P, your favorite educator interviewer. I am here with my co-host Dana Watts, who is the Director of Learning, Research, and Outreach at ISS. Dana, how are you doing today? Good. It's a little cold with uh, <laughs> a chance of flurries. I sound like a <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing my ring keeps going off on my phone telling me there's a person outside and it's snow <laughs> thank you dana for uh, letting us know what the weather is outside <laughs> before we get started today just a few housekeeping items don't forget to hit the subscribe like and leave us a review we could be found on apple podcast google Podcasts, amazon music iHeartRadio, stitcher and spotify also, don't forget to visit our website, iss.edu slash events for any upcoming fairs and upcoming PDs that we may have. Today, we're going to be discussing the topic of design thinking in PYP, Primary Years Program. We'll be exploring how to adopt design thinking and inquiry-based learning in international schools. Design thinking is an approach to problem solving that involves the acquisition and application of knowledge, skills, and attitudes to aid the development of creative solutions. Today, we have Nika and Niasa, who is gonna be joining us and sharing their knowledge on design thinking and inquiry-based learning in international schools. We'll be discussing benefits and just introducing you to design thinking and inquiry-based learning and how this could help students develop their critical thinking skills and become more engaged in the learning process. We'll also be exploring some challenges of implementing the design thinking in international schools and looking at different strategies and techniques to help educators overcome these challenges. So join on in as we explore the world of design thinking and inquiry-based learning. And without further ado, we're going to get the conversation started. Nika and Diasa, how are you guys doing today? We're good. I'm great. Thank you for having us. No snow over here. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're at the International School of the Car. What is it? What, 75 degrees? Whoa. You know, oh my goodness, 73. I do not wish to hear any more of the weather. <laughs> I think I'm going to go put on the AC. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Meanwhile, my heat is on full blast here. <laughs> All right. Yikes. Look at that. So outside of the weather that is so beautiful outside for you guys, I want to thank you for joining us today. But the very first question that I had, uh, just in case our listeners who's all over around the world doesn't know, but what exactly is design thinking? And why is it a perfect tool for inquiry-based learning in international schools? Well, design thinking is a framework that promotes student agency. It's a framework for creative problem solving and innovation. So as I was saying, my name is Nika Johnson. I'm the Director of Innovation and Strategic Development 
here at ISD in Senegal. And when I came here a few years ago, I attended a primary years program planning meet, unit planning meeting. And as I was sitting in the meeting, I realized that design thinking really supported what they were trying to accomplish. And so we started using design thinking. And then my colleague here, Nyasa, works in a fifth grade classroom mm-hmm. where they use it extensively. So she can speak more to that. I guess it works so well with us. And I think that when I studied with uh, Nika, Nika who introduced me to design thinking, what, 2019? Yeah, 2018, 19, you know, seeing it work in the classroom with our students in that particular unit of inquiry that she's talking about, sharing the planet. And so when I saw her work with the students and how it made them just so happy to change the life of others, I think that's something that got me excited. And then when we think about student agency, it helps them understand the different concepts. They understand the world around them and it gets them engaged in like various stages of learning. So you have them thinking about like empathy and reflection, but then also like logistics of how is this going to work? And, and then also pushes them to be more reflective and teach them life skills. It might not work this time. So let's go back and try something mm-hmm. different and then present that again. So it kind of thickens their skin. As mm-hmm. they- Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Because <laughs> it, like, yes, you present to your user, oh, tweak this, go back and come back. And so I think those are moments in the student's life where mm-hmm. they can take those tools in the classroom and then go forward with it. What do you mean by student agency? Agency. You know, it took me a while to understand. That. I used to hear that term all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm, travel agency. Right. Now, and so then just like, Taking charge. Mm-hmm. I see it as like students taking charge of their learning. And being empowered. And being empowered. And and I know sometimes I'm old school. So it's like, oh, the teacher said I do. And so mm-hmm. uh, student agency, it's more of a we instead of uh, me and you and collaborating together as like a learning team. So not just the teachers, but the students involved in like deciding how we want to move forward, how we want to learn these different things and how we want to share our learning with others. Which can sometimes be a little uncomfortable for teachers who want to be the... The guardians of knowledge. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so, but I feel like the IB really lends itself to student agency Mm -hmm. and design thinking supports that. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that, you know, Niasa, it was so good to go from like, like, you know, that teacher directed to student directed and the students part of the decision making process. And if we can do that in the primary years, right, it will just translate into the middle years and DP programs. And as students learn more agency, they start to actually own their learning and feel like they have control of their learning instead of it's something that's being done to them. And such an essential skill for students to have. And they're so different, you know, coming from a school prior to ISD, we didn't have PYP. We didn't have really student agency. I'm not going to say student agency wasn't a thing, but here I see it. And the students really advocate for themselves. They ask questions. Sometimes you're like, because I said so, but you can't say that obviously, right? But it's just seeing seeing students really empowered, especially in PYP Mm -hmm. is something I see here a lot. And it's so impressive. Yes, I agree. Okay. And how can we ensure that all students are having access to the design thinking framework? I think avenues like this, you know, a lot of times teachers don't know about design thinking. And I think, you know, you all having this work, allowing us to have this workshop, you know, presenting, you know, the resources are out there. They're free. It's not an expensive model. It's not like some new 
expensive technology that you have to buy and import. It's just a framework that you can adapt. There's free online training. There are workshops. There are so many ways that teachers can learn how to use this process. Teachers have to be open-minded because I feel like even with PYP, not all teachers are are familiar with design thinking. So it's like, well, what is that? And so just encouraging teachers to to be open-minded to the different uh, techniques that are out there and reminding each other that it does promote students' strengths. So yes, we can make sure that everybody has an opportunity to stand out in with design thinking. Everybody has an opportunity to show off some skill that they have. And also as a teacher, just be conscious of your, the groups that you create because we want to ensure that everybody has a good time in design thinking. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you do have those students who are stronger and more vocal and they might take over. So when we are recognize that as we build these groups for the kids to go and tackle these different challenges, we say, okay, let's ensure that so-and-so can make sure they have a voice. So just being conscious of how we organize even pre-gaming, like the organizing, <laughs> not, not that people. <laughs> <laughs> Preparing this, like the group so that the students have like a, a very positive experience. I apologize, wrong use of words. <laughs> I think too, I think you really touched on something really important there too, is like that kind of the pre-planning that goes into design thinking and having those protocols and procedures in place. So people see there's a structure too often. I think people think, oh, design thinking is just like a mishmash and, you know, oh, we're just being part of the, you know, we're all going to be creative, but there's so many great resources out there that are free. And I know I was fortunate enough to be able to do some work with IDEO and with the D school. But all of that stuff is out there and they have amazing resources and being able to use those and think about those and the way you can use them in multitudes of different courses. I did it with a game design course and I had my students like we did everything through design thinking and in the game design course where they were like first they had to look at they had to just design a game like a board game and then they had to combine with another group two board games and then like create for like end users for different grade levels within our school. And then they moved on to computer games, right. And designing those, but like, it was so much fun to have the students really think about who are we designing something for and what is the learning experience of those people. And once we worked with the PE department, once we worked with elementary school students, and once we worked with high school students, I mean, middle school students and my students were high school students. So they had like different people they were designing for like throughout that process. But it's such a great way to start to reimagine the way you can think about things. But those protocols and systems and structures are important to put in place or it can go wild. Yeah. (laughs) And there are a number of frameworks, design thinking frameworks. The one we use here at ISD is the Stanford D School, that one with the five steps. Yeah. As an educational professional, you likely understand the positive and crucial role inclusion has on classroom culture. And you might be on the lookout for a community of like-minded educators. Senya International is that community. Senya is a nonprofit organization that advocates for individuals with disabilities and promotes inclusive educational practices across the globe. With a network of educators, families, students, and professionals, Senya offers connection, professional learning, and support for educators like you. Connect with the Senya community via our membership program or a local chapter in your area. Enjoy professional learning with the Senya community via our podcasts, online certification program, and in-person or virtual conferences. Support Senya through our sponsorships, awards, and scholarship program. So what are you waiting for? 
For more information, head to our website, senyainternational.org. That's S-E-N-I-A international.org. And together, we continue to make a difference and fulfill our vision of living in an inclusive world. What strategies can be used to facilitate student learning within design thinking framework? Well, I know it's about interviewing and teaching them those skills. So I know we do visible thinking routines in our classroom to help students develop questions and get them more into wondering about what we're doing. Because the majority of the time, we're looking for solutions to like environmental problems or Mm. or challenges, not problems, or maybe systemic challenges. And so having the kids like understand, because we do key concepts with PYP. So using the PYP to create those questions, those interview questions that the students need to do. And then I think what I call pre-process onboarding. So videos, classroom discussions, articles to get them familiar with the topic so that when they're going in, they're not just saying, what's your favorite color? But more of like, okay, because we focus on like fishing in Senegal, we do have these news articles that are available to them at their reading level. We do have videos that we can watch that are two or three minutes long that we can discuss. So when we do get to the interview process, they're like, okay, they have an idea. So the questions are more directed to the subject and not just out there. And then I just I think that having non-negotiables are really help us keep ourselves focused on the task at hand. Like Dana said earlier, sometimes they think it's just creativity and we come out, but there's a lot of reflection that needs to happen. There's a lot of teamwork that needs to happen. So we do do teamwork activities in order to get them prepared to discuss and you know how to deal with a conflict because somebody might not agree with the idea of another person. So mm-hmm. there's all these little strategies that sometimes I don't even think we realize we're doing. But in the classroom, as we work in different projects, we prepare them with skills that they need to be successful with design thinking. Wonderfully said. How do we ensure that this design thinking framework is applied across all levels and disciplines? So I'll just give a story. So my previous school, I was uh, doing design thinking there as well. And I remember one time the physics teacher in high school came to me and said, you know, Nika, I'm really interested in design thinking. I would like to use it in my lesson. And you're thinking, how can physics lend itself to design thinking or vice versa? And just having someone who understands the framework being there to support. So the students created uh, roller coasters. I can't remember it because I'm definitely afraid of them. So yeah, the students created roller coasters and they used it through a design thinking framework by interviewing users and creating the roller coaster with you know velocity, speed, all of that for the user, but using design thinking, prototyping and all that other items. So, but just giving teachers, I guess, the information that how it is applicable Mm -hmm. and not, you know, it's not a shiny new thing, right? Because all the things that Niasa mentioned, you want for your student, right? You you want your students to be creative. You want your students to be problem solvers, but just articulating that to the teachers, I think is is the way to go. I think as teachers and educators, we should always be looking for opportunities to help our students connect with what's going on around the world and in the classroom. So I know that when we, last year we did, when we were doing exhibition, we wanted to incorporate, because we already did it with sharing the plan, but we wanted to incorporate it more in the exhibition process. And so PYP is, you know, centered around action. So how can we use the design thinking to, for action? So once some students created a game, other students uh, were looking at, they were looking into COVID-19. So They went interviewing people about how they felt and what stressors they dealt with. So I think that I'm always like, just find the opportunity. 
<laughs> to ensure that it gets everywhere, make sure you, you discuss with each other. It's not like my toy and I'm not sharing it. Somebody says, hey, design thing, you want to come talk about it? Be willing to go and share that information with other classrooms, with other teachers, and just be, like she said, to support that person through the process. Because sometimes I'm also tunnel vision because I focused on like environment or this here. And then somebody comes to ask you a question. She's like, but you know, actually that just might work. <laughs> and then it gets the conversation started and you realize, hey, we're doing something great. And now the kids have another tool in their pocket as they go forward mm-hmm. in life. I think it's so important too to teach people that there's more than one solution to an idea, right? And the creative process is so iterative. And if you can teach students to hear that and hear other people's ideas and opinions and incorporate them into their own to create something that's even better, right? I see this even just ISS, right? Like someone will have an idea and then it's not like, oh, it's just there, like, you can't just own an idea. I mean, maybe you can. I, I don't know. I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not certain that he actually owned any of his ideas either. But like, it's all a creative process, right? And we get better when we're learning from other people and we're hearing different viewpoints and we're hearing different ideas. And then incorporating them into a new one is actually, I think, I don't know. I, I love that process. I love getting feedback on the creative process. I have to tell you, after every design thinking challenge with students, I always have goosebumps because I'm amazed what they come up with. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what students come up with. And you were talking about fifth graders, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the things that they design. I'm like, oh my goodness, you need to invent this in the future. <laughs> and remember where you learn how to use the process. So, yeah. In the video, I believe we were speaking about a video game or a board game when you, you were doing that for the design thinking. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that that supported critical thinking and problem solving skills? Yes. And I will say that because it was a group, they were looking into sports and culture and how they're related and how it impacts even like our interactions with each other. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking for a way to bring people together. And so that involved them like, okay, what can we do? Yes, we can go out and play a soccer match, but like we're at PY, we're, it was like we're at PYPX. If we're presenting, we want the parents to be involved in what we're doing. And so okay. they develop a game they developed the cars, the design. And so just like sometimes they were blocked, like had to stop and go say, okay, this is not working. Just even the drawing of the board, it took them a while. And for a while, they just wanted to give up and find something online. I was like, no, sometimes we have to problem solve, push through what's keeping this from working. Not enough squares. Let's figure out how to work that out. Do your cards match with the idea that you're trying to get the people to understand? Because it can just be fun, but we wanted them to have, They and also I would say this, it was a really interesting Benji in there. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. wanted their cards to have a message because they wanted to show how games can bring people together. And every card they made was like, okay, go for Read the collective card and then mm-hmm. read the, this card. And so it was just promoting positivity. So they had to like sit down and really brainstorm and think critically of how can we take something so simple as a game and create something so deep and that students will, but easy enough for students, but also something that will catch the eye of parents and have them involved also. And they had a good time at PYPX. Like parents were sitting on the ground playing. <laughs> it was dusty though. Like, <laughs> I think this is such an important skill though. And I think, so just yesterday we ran a chat GPT workshop, right? With John Burns, which was great. And you hear people say, oh, but then, you know, what what is it that we're supposed to learn? And kids are going to be able to, you know, chat GPT, anything, find the answers. No, they might be able to find something, but then it's the recreation and put, making it into something different, right? And to me, design thinking and being able to think like that and think critically 
is really like that. One of my old heads of school used to call it the transportable gift. The thing that we give students that they take with them throughout their life. And it's a skill that will last that is not something you can Google, right? It's not something you can put into an algorithm and it comes out. But how do you create those connections and how do you think critically and put different pieces together to make something new and beautiful is really that gift that we really need to concentrate on. How are we going to help kids be able to do this in the future? Because that's where the jobs I think will be. They won't be in regurgitation of information. <laughs> and also, the, you know, the first stage of empathy, teaching kids how to empathize and not it can be an uncomfortable process because you you speak to someone and you you think you know what they need mm-hmm. without really knowing. And this process really teaches them how to listen without judgment mm-hmm. and lean in. And when we are able to interview people face to face, lean in, look at body cues, look at body language, you know, look at those cues that are not visible, right? So they're not outwardly visible, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think it learned, teaching our kids how to use empathy is important. I think all of the world challenges, we need empathy yes, because we have absolutely. to understand what people are going through. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as individuals, we're a very I, me, me, me society. And so having these students look at what other people are going through, stepping outside of the, you know, the four walls, it is our beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. ISD is very nice, but there's so much more that's happening around us that impacts the people that we walk by, that we drive by every day. So empathy, getting them mm-hmm. to say, oh, it's different out there. And understanding that even though it's different, I can see it. And what can I do to help? And pushing that action, because I mean, that's what we call them like lifelong learners. I feel like it's active lifelong learners. So as we learn, we're putting that into action. So, yeah. Very well said, Nisa. You spoke about challenges. (laughs) The whole time we're speaking about implementation and the benefits of design thinking. Now, if you could just speak on what are some challenges associated with implementing design thinking framework within the classroom? So there are two things Niata alluded to before, and I see it, right? Fortunately, we have a, we call it Innovation Center. We have a space for this. It's an open space. It was designed after the Stanford D School with, you know, whiteboards everywhere, but it is messy. Mm. <laughs> it is messy. And a lot of times teachers don't want to have that mess in their classrooms, right? So having a space is is really instrumental for giving students the um, opportunity to to prototype, to design, you know. Also, it, teachers have to give up some control. Now, I remember being a part of a challenge where there was a fifth grade teacher who was kind of upset, like the students were, you know, designing something that he didn't agree with. I'm like, you have to let go, <laughs> like it's not for you. And I had to really counsel him through that process. Like, it's not about what you think, it's about what they think. And you have to give up that control. So, Niasa, you want to speak to that? Yeah, even I, I'm guilty of that. Because sometimes, like, yeah, like, and, I, and I've been doing it over and I've been processing it and everything. But there are moments, like, the kids start doing something. Like, Mr. Nelson, we want to do this. Like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and so you want to ask them questions to get them. To, but then sometimes I just have to step back and say, you know what? This is not me. This is you. And. I feel like it's time for you to express yourself and I have to get, you know, like I said, we all have that I, 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 me, me, me. And as a teacher, you want to be in control and sometimes you just have to let it go because we still have Play-Doh that's mushed up from our last design thinking and it just looks ugly in the thing, but hey, they're going to use it again for the next process. And so another thing that I think that is a challenge is sometimes not having enough resources. We have this room Mm -hmm. with like 
cardboard and other different things. But if a teacher doesn't come up here, they have construction paper, some scissors and two glue sticks. And so I know there's something that you can do with it, but it is important to have those resources, those things that the kids can hold on to that they can create with. Because when you have those students who are neurodivergent and who need, who are tactile, tactile, tactile in French. So they have that need to touch things and to build, that needs to be available for them. And if they don't have it, then they might not feel as successful as others who are more comfortable writing things down. So having those resources ensure that everybody can have a hand in something. And, and even with students, I know that a challenge for them is like, it's not straightforward. And when you're used to the teacher telling you, this is how it is, write this down, put in your thing, write the date. And you're like, no, now go and you all decide. For, to get our students to vote, they struggle. Because they're like, well, can you come and vote with us? And I'm like, no, it's up to you. So them having to deal with the, that like need for, because sometimes they need control. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 today you're in control. And also teamwork, like I just spoke about earlier, creating those groups that work well together, you know, it's hit and miss from time to time. And then some kids are confused. They're confused about like this moment of just freedom. So what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do it? And so I think... Each time we do it, they get more and more comfortable yeah, because cool. this year, the students, the first one, they were like, mm, can we make a poster? And I was like, just a poster? <laughs> <laughs> and then I noticed when we did the second round, they were like, oh, can I get this? Can I get that? Can we go and pick up something from here? So in the beginning, I think because we knock into their heads, oh, this is the information that you need to have. When we start saying, no, this is you, enjoy, express, they're like, I don't know is this a joke? Are you serious? Mm. So just, I know it challenges their idea of what school should look like. And it, it makes them unsure about how things should be. But I think our calm presence and our reassuring them of, no, it's okay. Miss Nias is okay with you tearing up the classroom today. <laughs> Go forward and create something special that will help communities that are in need. And I think that's the most important part. So we can get past all of the challenges because we know it's for a reason. I think that also is a challenge for the teachers, right? Because they're not used to the fact, like being messy, being allowed to be messy. And I also want to say loud, right? Like sometimes your classroom can get really loud when you're in the process, right? Kids are excited that excitement exudes and comes out of them, right? In a million different ways, whether it's physically, whether it's vocally, but telling teachers that it's okay to be messy, right? Like I am the typical like old school Like I literally have, if you saw the little containers that say pencils and push pins (laughs) bands over there and they're all labeled and they're all nice and clean and they're all organized, right? I'm super organized. I have my attic behind me is literally organized with a label maker, right? I have issues. However, in the classroom, it's okay to be messy, right? And because learning is messy. And we instead though, for some reason, I think there's this like preconception that as teachers, we're not organized and we're not together. Like everything has to be organized and clean because then that means somehow we're a more rigorous teacher or we know more about what we're doing. And it's not because learning process and we just need to like keep helping teachers understand that part in their head, I think, because for too long we were taught that we were supposed to be rigid. This makes um, me really have a joke. I'm thinking, I'm looking over here, like our <laughs> prototyping. and. A lot of times people bring stuff here. I'm like, that's trash. And they're like, no, this is stuff for prototyping. And I'm looking directly at it and it looks like trash to me, but it's not. It's prototyping. It's recycle. Yeah. 
That's what we're calling it. <laughs> like, where is it going with that trash? Because we're prototyping. Do you ever give a no? Like, is there ever a piece of, of thing that comes in and you're like, no, we're not using that, or there's an idea that's just far-fetched from a student? You're like, uh. I don't think so. No, no. okay. Mm-mm. Not yet. If they can put it together with a glue stick and some staples, I mean, have at it. Okay, okay. Any impressive ones or any crazy, messy ones? Mm. What's the wildest story? You know, when we did our presentation, we shared some videos. We shared video and pictures of some of the prototypes and early on. I like the first yeah. year we started doing this. And like um, somewhat created the medicine. Can you say it in French? The medicine helicopter. Ah, helico medical. Yes, that. <laughs> I mean, it was a huge box. with. I mean, it was amazing, but... It was messy. And I feel like all of the prototypes are messy. Yeah. They all are, but they're all so important and so powerful. So there's been so many. And so I'm like, uh, yeah. just recently, I know these students, they, when they spoke with the fishermen, they created like these police posts in the water. And I was like, okay. But <laughs> when the fishermen came, they were like, wow, this is good. And then they had, they used Play-Doh to make a boat. And so like the boat is supposed to be riding around in the ocean. And to check like boats that are coming in to take fish that they're not supposed to take. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. have the stand. Wow. And then we have the boats. And the fisherman was like, yeah, that's a great idea because the big boats turn off their lights and they try to come into the house. Like, okay, listen, I'm glad I didn't understand in the beginning, but when they were communicating with, with the, the fishermen, with the fuser, they were like, yes, we need that. We need to have this discussion in our association de pesha, our fishermen mm-hmm. association. And I was like, and the kids, like the bright smiles in their faces because like, oh, second try. We made it. I'm making a difference. Yes. And so like their excitement, I like sometimes it's not the result that they have that blows me away. It's their reaction to like, oh, this could actually work. They're surprised that their intelligence is like possible. Sounds like it'll bring confidence too. self-confidence, great self-confidence. Yeah. So I was able to do that. All right. We are nearing towards the end of the show. So I wanted to take this time in order to ask you guys if there's any advice that you have for teachers who is just getting started to try to do design thinking within their classrooms. Reach out to Niasa because she's an expert. <laughs> no, I think just try it one day. It won't, you know, like one of the things I do also is like I'm over technology, right? And I tell people all the time, you go ahead and click, you're not going to break it. <laughs> so that, that's my advice. Go ahead and try. You're not going to break it. Just lean in. It's messy. Find someone to partner with yes. and just do it. That's what I was going to say. Just do it. Don't do it alone. Yeah. It's your first try because it can be overwhelming. And especially if the students are not familiar. So I always have tag team it. And I would even say YouTube has a lot of stuff online mm-hmm. about design thinking. Stand for D school. Stand for D school. There are so many tools out there. Yeah, give us some more. Give us some more resources. Yeah, give us some more. Even IDOU has a has really a good course that's a couple weeks long. I mean, okay. that helped me feel more confident in my design thinking understanding. Um, and just talking to people. Mm-hmm. And we have a Padlet yeah. that we shared, and that has a ton of different resources for design thinking. I think you have to just be willing to try as much as we want our students to just try i think as adults sometimes we just have to try awesome it It might work tomorrow right awesome all right for our listeners do you have anywhere that they can reach out to you via social media or maybe your email yes so 
We're both on social media. My handle is Nika J E B U. I don't on know. Twitter. I feel Nyasa Harris was. I don't know my handle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see, I'm new this. Email Nyasa. You have an email? Yes. Uh, Niawazazi at gmail.com. N A I W A Z A Z I at gmail.com. Hit me up. And I'm Nika, N N E K A Robinson, R O B I N S O N at gmail.com. Niasa, I've got your Twitter. It's at N W A Z O U A. There, there we go. That's me. Thank you for doing that. So, yes, I love the conversation of design thinking. So, let's do it. Let's talk about it internationally, locally, education, and otherwise. All right. We will definitely have you back, Nika and Niasa. So, thank you so thank much. You. For your time today for our listeners hope you enjoyed this episode of isse do you learn ask me anything we'd like to extend a huge thank you to nika and niasa for joining us today and sharing their knowledge on design thinking and inquiry-based learning in international schools in conclusion design thinking offers a unique and innovative approach to identity-based learning that can transform the way students engage with their education by promoting curiosity, self-awareness, empathy, and collaboration, design thinking students, design thinking provides students with the skills they need to navigate an ever-changing world. We hope that today's episode has inspired you to explore this exciting approach and embrace a design thinking mindset in your classroom. Thank you for joining us on the ISSED You Learn, Ask Me Anything podcast with Mike and Dana. And until next time, see you ed fellow educators.